The Heat Wave Sports Show is owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. It's a wonderful Saturday night here in Las Vegas. Welcome. It's Heat Wave Sports. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Great, great show for you tonight. Two hours as we take you around the world of sports, just like the intro says. I am Tim Unglesby, your host. And some different faces, old faces, but, but they're back with us tonight. Tom Barton taking the night off. So... Joining me as my co-host this evening, he is the man behind Straight Bet Sports, Mr. Jose Volante. Jose, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and welcome back, my friend. My man, appreciate you. When I got the text, there's no way I could say no. I'm glad to be back. I appreciate it, and can't wait to start talking some uh, some sports here, especially locally with you tonight, my man. And behind the board tonight, a, an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> he, uh, he ran this show for, for a few years. It's, it's been a few years, but he ran the show for a few years. Mr. Ari Platinum. Ari, appreciate you having you behind the board tonight as well. Glad, Glad to be here. Did you just call me old? Oldie, but yeah, well, we're all old at this point now, man. So <laughs> That's all I heard. <laughs> oh, man. We are going to jump around tonight all across the sports landscape. Obviously, week seven in the NFL will dominate the sports talk here for much of the two hours and we'll get Jose's free play and my free play as well in hour number two but I want to start off with a topic that uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of the hot topic here in Vegas and that's the Vegas Golden Knights right now of the National Hockey League and it's not about necessarily their record which we know they sit at a they're let's face it I'm gonna be, be real right Jose they're in last place in their division they're one and three through four games good for two points and they already trail Edmonton by eight points in the division. And yes, I know it's early, but I think this is more of a double-headed segment that we're going to go through here. First, Jose, let's talk about the team itself and the struggles it's having. But then I want to save the the back end of that about just maybe the, the, the fans and how they're already jumping ship on this team after, what is it, four, year number four, year number five, whatever it is now. It's just a completely different fan base because they're losing and I know everything gets overreaction right that's what we always talk about on the show is the overreaction of everything and I think definitely fans are overreacting on Vegas Golden Knights but I I mean you follow this team Jose you talk about it on your show as well what's the problem right now with the Golden Knights I mean obviously we know about the injuries you know but it's easy to make excuses but the way I look at it is that everybody else that's on the team now needs to produce whether it's Carlson whether it's Marshall Show. I mean, goaltending has to get better, I think. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, a lot of the stuff that has to do with their losses has been more defensively. I can see that. But goaltending has to be better. I mean, if we got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury for Robin Leonard for this, I'm sorry, it doesn't look like it's working right now. Now, again, it's early. So a lot of people need to chill out and not jump ship right away. I know we're going to talk about that here shortly. But what I think they got to do is just they got to figure out how to play within each other. 
realize that, hey, we have certain guys that are out that are not going to be here maybe for a while. We need to figure out how to play with what we got. Maybe use some of these young guys that you had in camp, see what they can do. At this point, you have nothing to lose. You're dead last in your division, and you're not looking like the preseason favorite, which you were to win the whole thing right now. So they just not, they got to learn how to play within each other and with the guys that they currently have in the locker room, I think, Tim. You said it. It's easy to say, well, Patches is out. Well, Stoney's out. Look, that happens to every team in every professional sports league across the country, across the world, right? It's hey, Injuries are part of the game. And I'm not going to say Leonard has been terrible. Maybe he hasn't been as sharp as we wanted coming into this. And look, these games have boiled down to, with the exception of the King game and the Seattle game, which they, they held on to, St. Louis was, was tight late. Edmonton was tight late. It was games they could have won, but they didn't do it. And that's what it's going to need. They're going to need to break through here. They have a game tomorrow night, by the way, right here on Fox Sports Radio. But they're going to have to break through here to get this this chip off their shoulder. The problem I see, though, Jose, is it's the same problem, right? The big joke last year in the playoffs was they, they couldn't score on the power play. Jose, they haven't scored in the power play this year. They still haven't. That's not good, though. <laughs> that's not yeah. good at all because that's that's supposed to be something of importance. And they've always had that type of issue, remember, Year in and year out, sometimes they get good at it, but then they'll have those spurts where you're wondering what's going on. They can't do anything on the power play. So things have to change in that department as well. But again, it's easy for us to say that behind not knowing what's going on there. We don't know if maybe things are going on behind closed doors. Maybe players aren't happy. There's so much more that goes into it. Right. I think when you look at the course of an, what is it, that, you know, literally they're playing until the end of April before the playoffs are. There's plenty, plenty going on here. And the schedules, a lot of times you can like pan ahead and see what, what comes up and, and maybe how your team sits month by month. That's what I like to do. I like to take a look at a month's worth of scheduling and maybe kind of predict it, the wins and losses and see where your team sets. So they, they play tomorrow here in Las Vegas against a very tough New York Islander team. Had a nice run last year in the playoffs before Tampa Bay took them out. So that game's over at T-Mobile, 7 o'clock right here on Fox Sports Radio. And then a road trip. It's a, it's a quick back uh, two-gamer, but they're back-to-back nights. So Tuesday at Colorado, their nemesis, and then mm-hmm. at Dallas the following night before they come back home to take on the Ducks. And then they hit the Canadian Trail, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit as we head into the month of November. So it's, it's not an easy schedule coming up for them. And really, when you're looking at three, six, eight games in the next – two and a half weeks you at least want to come out of that uh, 500 right Jose four and four you got six of those games on the road so if you can come out four and four you're looking okay the problem is how do you pick and choose wins right now with a team that's does like you said the chemistry doesn't look right not only that if you look at the the next four teams that they're playing every single team that they're playing technically has a better record than them whether it's one win or two wins whatever it may be the other teams have started the season better than they have so they have a higher you know mountain to climb at that point as well because you got the Islanders that started 0-2 this season. They got on a little run. They're 2-2-1, two, 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 two and one, I believe they are right now. So you have teams that are going to be playing hot right now. And they're not going to be looking at the Golden Knights as the Golden Knights as before. If you look at the way that these teams have played it, even the Kraken, which is a first-year team, the Kraken played the Golden Knights very well in that first game of the season. And the Golden Knights just haven't been able to figure it out, my man. The next three games against playoff teams from last year, Colorado, I believe McKinnon's supposed to be back for them. 
and there's there's bad blood between those two franchises. Dallas, I think, is a sleeper in my opinion this year. So keep an eye on them. And the Ducks, you know, the Ducks used to be chalk it up for years. It was the Ducks and the Kings chalk them up as W's. Well, the Kings have already got a win against the Knights, and the Ducks record-wise doesn't look spectacular. But I've I've watched three of their first four, uh, five games. They they've actually are a, a tough knit unit. They've they've been very good back and forth. So that's not a necessarily a gimme right now, anyways. And um, we can just kind of segue into what we're going to spend a lot of the first hour on is talking about our favorite subject, Jose, the the fan base, the Las Vegas <laughs> fans, so to speak. Oh, let's just yeah. let's just seg into this. There's a lot of upset Vegas Golden Knight fans, Jose. We can go to the game tomorrow night for it looks like $19. So you could have gone to the last game that they had at home for $19, and that's the game that I saw you at. Remember? I believe yes. I saw you at that game. Yeah. So I'm I'm just saying, like it it's it's insane that it's gotten to that point. But I hate to say it, and I hate to sound like a broken record, and I want to say this respectfully. I have nothing but respect for the Vegas Golden Knights as as an organization. I never gave up on them. They finally allowed me to come back, so I'm never going to get rid of that. You know what I mean? I'm going to respect that. But with that being said, I also have to see what I've seen when I'm there from the fans. The fans that have supposedly been so loyal and so faithful that have changed just because a different jersey number is no longer there protecting your net. And you decide to have a whole different attitude towards this team. I remember going to watch and cover these games where even on a losing night, the arena was still completely packed with Vegas Golden Knights fans to the final whistle, to the final bell rang, no matter what it was. Win, uh, tie, loss, whatever it was, that arena was packed. Now, at the end of the third, at the beginning of the third period, you're already hearing more visiting fans and you're seeing a lot less people there. People are giving up on this team already. And we talked about that, Tim, you and I, and I'm sorry, I don't want to take too much of the time here, but we've said it over and over again. What is it going to look like when this team is not this team, when this team is not winning, when this team is having a tough time? Are the fans really going to be there to still completely support 100%? I'm sorry, it's a complete 360 because now the fans are showing their true colors. Whether you like it or not, we are now finally showing there are a lot more Golden Knight fans and not enough hockey fans in Las Vegas, Tim. Hit the nail on the head. It's the Golden Knights versus hockey fans. I think the hockey fans are going to go to the games regardless, right? They're hockey fans. But the Knight fans, they want to go and hang out and jump up and down and dance. And party all their, around. Yeah, party, drink their <laughs> beverages. But it's not fun when your team losing. It's not fun. And not all, all of a sudden, you can blame it on whatever. You can say it's I – don't, I don't, is there a vax policy for the for the Golden Knights? Do you know? Uh, for fans? I don't believe so. Either way, right? Either way, there, there's no excuses that you can bring up. And it's not like – you know, the, the number one thing I heard in the offseason, and I'm talking about Vegas Golden Knight fans right now specifically. I know a lot of them. I know a lot of female Vegas Golden Knight fans. Oh. When Marc-Andre Fleury was, was traded away – you, you, you might have, you might as well have thought that they just folded the franchise and moved out of town overnight. That that's how bad it was. I I can't believe this. They're, they're idiots. Blah blah blah. They felt like they got cheated on by a boyfriend. Right. <laughs> it, and, and it was purely a hockey 
decision, and I had no problem with it. I thought it was going to happen anyways. The, the, you weren't bringing Robin Leonard and paying him to sit on the sit on the bench. That wasn't going to happen. No way. Right. Yeah. And my how the ties have turned, and I'm not even saying if, if Flower was here, would they be any different? Maybe they'd have a win, extra. But look, it's not like he's he's tearing the, tearing up the, the city of Chicago right now. He's right now Jose zero and three with goals against the five six three. And it's not like their defense is worse, that much worse than Vegas is, in my opinion. So, But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know we know he's doing bad. I'm glad you said that because I was going to get to that. He's not doing that great in Chicago. We see that. Obviously, the record and everything shows it. But let me ask you this. If he was here in Vegas, right, and he was the starting goaltender, and let's say they did have one more win or even the same exact record, do you think we would still be seeing this many fans leaving that early or would we still be seeing a lot more people in the arena? Just because of that one individual. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I right. don't think it would be as bad. No, I, I, people would still stick around because they love the guy so much. Right, right, and, and he was forever. He'll be an integral part of what the franchise was. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Getting him to a, a Cup final in year one and deep in the playoffs two other times. I mean, but plus the way he is in uh, you—you've interviewed him. You know how it is. He's just very charismatic caring person and so i'll give you i'll give you a quick story about him if you don't mind for the people that are listening out there that have never had the opportunity to be in in, in a press room or be in the locker room afterwards and be able to talk to players i like to give stories because i'm humbled by it because i've worked so hard to get to that mark andre flory was the type of individual that once the media guys came over and said all right guys that's it go on to the next player he would sit in his locker room by himself and just wait and if he would, if he would see a, a member of the media roaming by himself, he would call that guy over real quick and let him get in a few questions by himself. That's the type of individual that he was. Always smiling, even during a loss. He did, was the same guy over and over again. And you can always tell, even in a loss, he always felt like it was on him. It was his responsibility. He was that type of guy, man. He was just an amazing, uh, a forget player. He was an amazing, is an amazing individual. You mean the same media guys that the first question they would ask him after he had a shutout was, how does he feel about free donuts, those guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> Don't get me started, man. Don't get me started. Oh, man. I know. And that, that's right. why you stay away from the locker room. I know. So <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, if if he was still here, I don't think you'd see it as bad. But then now he's not. It's a perfect way to use it as an excuse. Oh, well, you got rid of him. And the same with Reeves, right? Reeves, that was another – again, I know a lot of Vegas Golden Knight fans and the oh, loss they loved of Reeves, Flurry yeah. and Reeves, that, that killed it for him. I think – I don't th- – look, I don't think they're, they're – there's no way they play at this clip the rest of the season. They're just too good to do that. But when it goes bad, it can go bad very fast – they have to get it together here. And I know, like you said, from the top, injuries are a huge thing. Martinez banged up as well. So, Leonard, so look, Leonard, no, look Leonard's played every game so far. They, they, they brought in was a Brisson to be the backup. He's going to have to play here in this. Who I really like. I like him a lot. I like him, too. He's a solid veteran goaltender. Not that Leonard's not, but sometimes you need to mix it up. I don't know if he gets the nod tomorrow, but he will play, obviously, Tuesday or Wednesday on the back-to-back. So, if they're if they're slumping and he gets 
gets a win, maybe. I'm, and, you know, I'm not saying that you, you have to create a goalie controversy right now, Jose, but in today's day and age, there's nothing wrong with a one and a two being one A and one B. And the Golden Knights already had that when they had Leonard and they had Fleury. So seeing it happen again wouldn't be something crazy here. You know what I mean? Right. But at, at right now, what the, what, the, what the fans need to understand, and, and, and I'll tell you this, the Knights are in trouble right now. You know, they're in a lot of trouble. They don't look good. But if I'm being serious as a hockey fan and seeing this team and knowing the talent that they have, I think they're going to be all right. They'll still be a playoff team. They probably won't be high up there, but I think I still think this is a playoff caliber team. I think the board can figure it out and get it together. They're not it's not over by any means. And that's what the fans need to understand. That if you're a season ticket holder or someone that can get tickets for $19 right now, Tim, why would you not just stay for the whole game? Support this team understand what hockey is more about. I don't know everything and all the ins and outs about hockey, but I understand what's the difference between being a fan and following what's going on in the game. And that's what people need to understand here. Where do we think about the owner? Let's just talk about the ownership real quick. I know a lot of <clears throat> not Vegas Golden Knight fans. Now I'm going to talk about hockey fans. Hockey fans are... But the past couple years, they've grown really disenchanted with the ownership side of this team and that nothing against Bill Foley. I don't know him from uh, the guy down the street, but there are a lot of neg <laughs> negative things about him. And here's a perfect example was I saw a tweet, which, by the way, you can follow us at HW Sports over on Twitter. A gentleman was he's a season ticket holder, has decent seats, I assume. Season one, they started out. I think he said they started out around seven thousand for the season. Okay. For this year, he paid $11,000 for season oh, wow. tickets, Jose. Same seats. They went up $4,000 in less than four years. And um, one of the things that people are upset about is the, the overpricing they feel of tickets. If you look at, for example, we just talked about $19 tickets, right? So yeah. there's a game the Knights will play Wednesday in Dallas at American Airlines Arena. Beautiful facility. We, you and I, if we were in Dallas on Wednesday, we could go to that game for as low as $12. So what? there is wow. discrepancies in pricing, and I think a lot of people are upset with the way the ownership um, handles the business side of the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's put it that way. Well, it's Vegas, so you know it's flashier. They think that they can charge more. And then not only that, you got a, you know, you got a, you got a new football team coming into town, right? You got the, <laughs> the Vegas Nighthawks coming into town, so you got to find a way to finance and get some type of money. And not only that, the name is popular. You know, the brand has grown throughout the years. So we get it. You know, the value is there. It's like giving yourself an evaluation. You know what I mean? And, and that's what they're evaluating themselves at. So that's why their prices go up. But what sucks now is that for your season ticket holders that paid that much, and now there's people that can find tickets a lot cheaper than what they're trying to sell, let's say, on the secondary market or whatever it may be, even season ticket holders are losing out now. Because let's be real. Not every season ticket holder goes to every single game. There might be times where they got to work and they might give away tickets to a family member or a friend or they just sell their tickets, right? So now if you're trying to sell your tickets, you're not even going to – you're lucky if you get face value at this point from what you paid as a season ticket holder. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's call it out. Tomorrow night, <laughs> the Islanders in town. They get the win or no? I like the Knights tomorrow. I, I think they get off their skid. I'll, I'll take them tomorrow. Okay. Might be Sorokin and Leonard. Leonard against his old teammate there in New York. That'll be an interesting storyline if it comes past. We won't know the, the starters till tomorrow. But uh, 
We'll take the first time out of the evening. When we come back, we'll stay local. Jose and I were at the UNLV football game on Thursday night. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. It's Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Now back to Heat Wave Sports. Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, 989, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM, over on Twitter at HW Sports. Tim Unglesby, along with Jose Volante, Straight Bet Sports. Jose, let everybody know about the show and where they can find you on that social media. Appreciate it, my man. Uh, show podcast is live every single Wednesday night on all Gorilla Cross radio platforms at 9 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. So you can check us out on Gorilla Cross on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And then my pages is just Jose Volonte. That's on Twitter, um, Facebook, and then Straight Bet Sports on all social media platforms as well, including YouTube. We post everything there. So I greatly appreciate you for the for letting me do that there, Tim. Appreciate it. And I do owe you a chop it up session so uh, i've just been a bad friend i'm sorry man i know man i told you we got to get you on the show whether it's whether it's all on video or in the studio we got to get you in there my man it kind of sucks because um you know wnba is my thing and i know you know aces is a big part of your show and i had yeah you know no lie i had the chicago sky beginning of the season 20 to 1 to win the wnba title so that would have been a nice Nice. one to talk about you know but nice that's okay we got next year coming up here so we'll be all right come on man you gotta start sharing that wealth man you can't keep you can't keep that to yourself there timbo come on now Anytime, my friend. Free, free WNBA advice here for anybody that cares. You there know? you go. Hey, if you guys do not know, Tim is Mr. WNBA in Las Vegas. I don't care what anybody says. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. Am I Mr. UNLV football, though? I mean, I've been a big proponent of just the – look, we've all been here enough, long enough to complain about the former presidents, and I use the plural there. There's more than one that yeah. have pretty much treated the sports – sports department like it was an afterthought and um more disappointment i think on the basketball end than the football end because the football end's just been pretty bad for a long time and that's including the bobby hawk bowl year that they were lucky um so marcus arroyo now year two and we were there thursday night jose out at beautiful Elysian stadium to watch them take on san jose state and it was it was like they, they put on a, a dvd and you have it on repeat and it just plays through <laughs> when the movie's over because what happened, the same thing happened. And Coach said it in the press conference. It's the fifth time this year they've lost a game in the fourth quarter that they had a chance to win. It's tough, man. And what have we seen from UNOV this season that you would say is one of the biggest things is that they've been in these close matchups. They've been in some games that they should have won. They just can't figure out how to close out some of these games. Last night, uh, again, the other night when we were there, they were up. And then what happened? Second half comes around. They can't figure it out defensively can't figure it out offensively and they just give up the lead they give up the game a lot of these games that they've lost him the utah state game which is another man like it's just they're 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 they're, they hurt you know what i mean whether it's as a media or or as a fan they hurt because these are games that they should have won already but they the problem is you cannot close out games you have to play four quarters two quarters is not going to do it you need to play a full four quarters and know how to close out games and that's what unlv hasn't been able to figure out so you were there. You were on the sideline as well, and it's 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 great because I'll watch a half up and I'll watch a half down, and, and just 
for me, it's like I take in two different types of the, the football situation. And what I saw on the second in the second half when I was down on sidelines was a team that once we got into that fourth quarter, Jose, and mistakes happen, it's almost from the you know I'm literally standing less than five feet away from the uh, defensive line unit when they come off the field and they sit in a little circle. Oh, I was there too. Yeah, yeah. I bro, I got video and tape. I got you. Keep going. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They, don't you get that feeling that they're defeated in their mind come fourth quarter if if something bad goes wrong, or something bad? No, happens. yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Even like even the, I, I don't know the coach's name, but when the defensive coordinator came over there, there was a I remember it was in the second. It was a it was early in the third quarter. They I forgot what had happened. They gave up a big play or something. When they came off the field, he came over there and he ripped them a new one. I'm, and I'm just standing there like. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna listen. I'm gonna see what's going on, and you can see it in some of these guys' faces. It's, it gets to the point where they just feel like, man, what else can we do? You know what I mean? But you can't give up. And some of these guys, to be honest with you, I don't think they're giving up. But I think it's gotten to the point where they just they feel that they don't know what else they can do to win at this point. It's almost a team that's snake bitten. Look at while we're sitting there, literally uh, fumble by San Jose State on a long run. They were able to recover, led to a touchdown, a blocked field goal, a broken play, and then on the last play of the game, a sack to end the game. And I know there was a lot of people talking about the targeting, but that doesn't guarantee that they would have scored anyways. I'm just saying a broken, uh, the line broke down on that play when they should have been expecting a blitz. So a lot of bad things happen in bunches for this team. And it's not only this game. You mentioned Utah State game. You know, you want to go back. Even the opening week against Eastern Washington, the game they oh, should have won. I, I was at that you know? one too. Oh my god! So, yeah, I know. Which leads me into my next point. I know it's not on Arroyo. I don't think he's as bad as people want him to portray because he doesn't have. You said it during the timeout. He doesn't necessarily have his pieces in that offense yet. It's going to take a couple years. So when you look at the leash that they're going to give him here, I, I don't see them like. Even if they don't win a game this year, Jose, I can't see them letting them go. But it's getting to that point, year three, you know, you have to start looking at, okay, if we don't see a significant improvement, you might have a short run here. No, I agree. You can't it, – it's gotten to the point, too, where you can't just – it's just one and done. It, it's becoming one and done for college coaches now, if you think about it, just like some of these college players, right? Like if a coach doesn't succeed, oh, we're just going to move on to the next one. You need to start leaving these coaches alone for a while. You need to start letting these guys recruit the way they want, bring in the players that they want, and build their program. Granted, Marcus Arroyo goes over again next year, then yeah, we're looking at a possible fire, 100%. But I don't see that happening. I mean, I was was very confident in this team coming in. I even made a bet with Tommy that I'm going to have to buy him a a, a jersey. Let me know what size you need, Tommy. (laughs) You know what I mean? I thought they would win four or five games, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, and that's just not going to happen. Now, do, do I still think they could win at least one, maybe even two games? Very, very possible because there's, I've seen a lot of growth in this team. But like I told you during the break, Marcus Arroyo doesn't really have his guys. He's coming into a program that he's taking over, that there's a lot of these players on here that some of these guys are probably going to get NFL looks. Don't get me wrong. And he's got talent on this roster. But the thing about being a great coach is also being able to bring in your players, the guys that you feel run your offense, your scheme, your defense, whatever it may be, run the system that you have, 
the way you want it. And I honestly don't feel that he has that type of full roster on his team right now, if that makes sense. We need to start understanding that you got to give these guys some time to create their program, Tim. We can't just fire them after three years because it doesn't work out. But again, he goes over next year to start the season. The, the seat isn't hot. It's on fire at that point. Do you think if Brumfield is healthy, it's a, it, they, they have a couple wins? Or do you think it's just it doesn't matter right now who the quarterback is? I, you know what? Yes. And, and it's funny you say that because I stood behind him on the sideline um, during the game. I, and I also see the way he was with his players, with his, you know, the way that he was on the sideline, knowing he wasn't playing. He's still a motivator on the sidelines, Tim. And not only that, his talent is there. We've seen it. The kid can throw the ball. He can also run the ball. And he kind of reminds me, and people are going to say I'm crazy. I'm not saying to a T, but what I mean by it that he reminds me of is that he reminds me of Lamar Jackson. And what I mean by that, a lot of people say that Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. No, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that can, that, that he's a thrower that can run, if that makes sense. That's how I see Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that can run when need be. And that's what I see from Doug Brumfield. He can throw the ball. We've had guys like Armani Rodgers here that were supposed to be the guy, but he could never throw the ball. All they used him was for morals and a runner. I think that if Brumfield was actually the full starter, day one, fully healthy, not having any injuries, we would probably see a different UNLV team here. We would probably see two, let's, you know, if, if, I, if I'm maybe two wins, let's, let's, let's throw that out there. I'm not going to go crazy and say three or four by now. But I think we're seeing a completely different UNLV team if he was the guy throughout this full, uh, what is it, six, seven-game season so far that they've played. So the Rebels' next opportunity at a win will come Friday night. They'll be up in Reno to take on the Wolfpack. And, Jose, the Wolfpack 5-2 and two right now on the season, coming off a loss on uh, today against Fresno State on the road, a nice tight one there. They end up with an L. So I don't think that if there was a look ahead on any on any reason for Nevada to look ahead to the rivalry game, they're going to be they're going to come in a little hot with this one. They broke up a three game winning streak, including a win at Boise, which was a huge one for Nevada. Now a loss coming home rather than a win. And this is one of those games where you know what you, you you as UNLV you know what you have to do. And not only that, Marcus Arroyo is what I mean by that. I know you haven't been part of you know this whole rivalry and all that, but if you want to make a stamp as a coach right now, this is where it happens. I know it's going to be tough, Tim. They got to go on the road. Nevada is not a pushover. Obviously, their record shows it. We've seen the way they played. But if you want to make a statement and you want to show that you're trying to turn the page, that you're not going to be that team again, you're not going to keep letting people down, this is the statement game. I don't think any other game left on this schedule really matters. Yes, San Diego State, they're ranked. They're still undefeated. I get that. But if you want to make a statement as a coach and as a program that you're saying, hey, we, we didn't do what we we're supposed to do this year. But we're going to show you that we can make a statement when it matters the most and we can turn the page. This is the game that they have to get to. Wolfpack led by quarterback Carson Strong. Just unbelievable today. Today at 476 yards and four touchdowns in that loss. So they're going to have to find a way to stop the passing attack of Reno on Friday night. Or it might be a long one for the Rebels. And, and uh, after that get a home game coming back against Hawaii. You know, it's funny, the other, the other night we were trying to pick the win, and I, I said, look, the win was week one. 
that not to go back and beat a dead horse. <laughs> that, that the, the win was supposed to be week one, right? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. So, so we talked about the fan base for the professional side of the of Vegas Golden Knights. What about the fan base that you've noticed for UNLV football? Has it changed, in your opinion, to where since they went into the bigger stadium, are people coming because it's just a stadium? You know, I, again, I, I didn't think it was a very impressive crowd last night. I, I, then again, I don't know what to expect. You know, when, when we were out watching the games at the Silver Bowl, it wasn't like they were; those were jam-packed either. So I'd say last uh, Thursday night there was less than less than 10,000 for sure, less, maybe less than 7,000, right? The, the, you know what? It, don't don't get me started on the attendance because the the attendance has been horrendous. Remember the Iowa State game? Mm-hmm. I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think they said there was twenty thousand people in attendance, and if that's true, they said there was about seventeen thousand of them were Iowa State fans. <laughs> right. How, one UNLV students? How do you allow that to happen when one you get a free ticket, and from what I was told today from a UNLV student. You can get a secondary ticket as low as $5 for a friend or family member. You're telling me you don't want to pay $5 to go see one of the most nicest, most beautifulest stadiums in the world right now? I mean, think about that. Yes, you're not seeing the Raiders. Yes, you're not seeing an NFL team. But you get to go to a an, an, amazing, an, an amazing stadium. I know the product isn't out there, but think about this. These kids also thrive off of people being there. Think about it. If they suck and their record is not there, I get it. It's hard to support that type of team. It's hard to be there and give them the hoorah, rah, rah every single night when they're there to play. But you have to give them that. And if you're going to pay five freaking dollars, my man, I, that, that, that's what I don't understand. If you're a UNLV student and you're not going for free, first of all, my daughter has been offered a free ride to UNLV if she wants to go. I told her, you go to UNLV, we're going to every single sporting event. I'm going to take you to basketball games, football games, baseball, whatever they give you for free, I'll pay the secondary ticket and we're going. Why? Because we live here. We're locals. We need to support our local teams. Think about this. If UNLV gets big and they actually start winning and, and they start filling that, 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 that stadium, this could become a program that's going to start recruiting. They have this shiny new facility. They have the shiny new practice facilities, Tim. They have it all. They have the Nike contract now that it's going to be here for a while, especially if Marcus Arroyo starts winning because he has those Oregon ties. You know what I mean? So it's like there's so much here that people don't see that they need to start supporting, my man. Everything is different now. I know the record doesn't show it, but this program is not what it's been before. We need to start going out there and supporting this team. And if it's cheap, why can't we do it? might have been less than 5,000 to be honest with you. I remember because sure. <clears throat> during the third quarter, I was walking the concourse a little, just to check out the stadium a little more. There wasn't a line at any of the, none of the concessions, Jose, not a line at all. And that, that kind of just tells you, you know, what, what's going on there. It's, it's uh, a cavernous real, stadium. Let's put it that way. And real quick for the people that were telling me, oh, look, it looks like there's more people coming here now than it was at Sam Boyd. No, it looks that way because we're inside a dome now. We're not at Sam Boyd where it was outdoors, and you can tell that, oh, there really isn't that many people here. When you're indoors, it, it looks like there's a lot more, and it sounds like there's a lot more, but trust me, there's not that many people there. No, no, I agree. All right, let's, let's uh, step aside real quick when we come back. 
We'll jump into week seven of the National Football League, game by game. Give you our analysis on tomorrow's big card. Because there's some important, well, there every week's important in the NFL. We'll, we'll, we'll break it down for you on the opposite side of the timeout. Tim Mugglesby, Jose Volante, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Time to talk NFL football here on Heatwave Sports. Tim Unglesby and Jose Volante with you until midnight. And the way this works, Jose, I know you know because you you listen to the show, but we're going to go game by game, give you our analysis, give you the odds. And if we, we like something, we'll mention it. Leading into our two's free picks of the week. Jose, you'll sit in for Tom this week and give a free play. And cool. then I'll give the, the Timmy teaser... I don't know if you've been following the Timmy teaser, Jose. Five and one this year. So uh, make that money, baby. That's it. <laughs> it don't matter. We'll take the seven either way. A teaser pays. So Tim's giving out free money. Take it. So you know, I know what I do on Sundays. What's what's the Jose V Sunday ritual like? Do you have to work, or are you actually able to uh, sit and partake of these games? Sometimes I see you post that you're out at the local local sports book. What, what's the deal with Jose V and Sundays? So if I work, I still get to go to the book, which is pretty sweet because I normally don't start till about 1030. So I don't get to really watch the games too much when I'm at work, but I have everything set up. So when I get home, I can watch highlights. I watch everything, any game that I want. I already have it set up so I can just watch the full game if I like. But my normal Sunday ritual, um, it's normally with Rob G, uh, my compadre. What we normally do is we meet up at the cannery. Uh, we're there around 7, 730, give or take in the morning. We have our Baileys and coffee. We grab our sheets. And just how you and I are about to do right now, we, we go down the sheet. We start from the top, and we just start, okay, da-da-da, what do you like, why this, bum 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 bum. We go down every single line. We see what the money's at, and we just sit at the bar, and we hang out, and we, and we end up doing that. We pick our little parlay. We like to do a 10-teamer for the day, so we just mess around and, and do what we call a lottery ticket is what we like to call it. Um, Rob hit one actually a few years ago, but I didn't get to go to the book that day because I had to work earlier. So I didn't put mine in and he hit it. So that was cool. Um, but that's, that's pretty much my, my Sunday morning ritual. Um, I do look at my games, like what I want to bet. Um, I'm a straight better, hence the name of the show, straight bet sports. So my, what I bet, bet money wise is basically my straight bets. I put a lot of little small parlays, but again, I call those my lottery tickets and just to see what happens at that point. What's a 10-teamer pay, Jose? Do you know? Um, 10 team. So this is crazy. I do ten. I do $2 10-teamers. A $2 10-teamer pays you $1,400 if you hit it right. off of $2. And I, I actually hit one in the NBA two years ago. I hit 9 out of 10. One of them was a push, and it paid me $722 off a of $2 bet. So, I mean, it, well, again, lottery tickets. Why not? You got $2. Put it in. Lottery tickets, but... We definitely have a uh, – our knowledge leads to us having an advantage over a bunch of balls popping up out of a, a bin, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. This, is, this isn't Keno. This isn't bingo. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start the card. We've got a full slate. Well, not a full slate. There are some buys this week. And if you're a fantasy guy, I know a lot of people oh, yeah. with a lot of people six, six teams on a buy this week. So a lot of – Rosters messed up here, but let's look at these games. We'll start in Miami, where the Falcons two and three 
take on the Miami Dolphins. A disappointing right now. Very disappointing. One and five. Tua, you know, there's a lot of problems right now with the Dolphins. And they're back home. They have an Atlanta team coming in that, that started the season just terrible. They, they look like they've started a little chemistry here. And, and I believe Ridley's back for the Falcons. The Falcons are a two-point favorite on the road. Jose, what's up with Miami? This is not, you know, this was supposed to be a playoff team, and they're on the verge of the season being over. Well, I mean, what's up with Miami is basically Tua. I mean, Tua was supposed to be the guy at quarterback. This is a guy that you invested your basic future on. When a lot of people told you you probably shouldn't because of the injuries that he had going into the NFL, not too many people knew what he was actually going to be able to produce. Now, first game of the season wasn't bad, you know, 200 yards, touchdown. You know what I mean? Fantasy-wise, if you're looking at that, not bad at all either. But then he gets hurt, right? Buffalo wasn't too good. He gets hurt. He's out, what, four games? Comes back. The game against Jacksonville was actually not that bad. If you saw that game, they used the tight ends perfectly. I'm talking about they knew that, hey, our, our wideouts are out. Our main guys are not there. We need to use these tight ends. And I think they used, what, two or three tight ends in that single game alone. A buddy of mine texted me early that morning. He goes, watch out for Miami. They're going to use tight ends throughout this whole game. Tough loss, you know what I mean? At some point, Jacksonville had to get their first one of the season, which yeah. sucks. But, I mean, Atlanta is getting hot little by little. But, obviously, it, you still have Matt Ryan. You still have a seasoned vet there at quarterback. Like you said, you got some people, some pieces coming back. Um, call me crazy, though, man. I've been looking at this game. I actually like Miami at home. Um, I don't know what your take is on this game. I think that the way Tua played last game, him being back in the States and Miami being at home, I like that. If Miami was on the road here in Atlanta, I'd probably take Atlanta. The line is also so low. I mean, it, 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 to me, it's just a game that I wouldn't bet. But if I'm going to give you a side, I would take the Dolphins on this one. Same here. I'm, I would I would bet the home team with the points. I don't like the game at all, though. And it's because of the – basically, it's just question mark after question mark with both teams. You said it. Is Tua healthy? If Tua is healthy, he provides a different dynamic in that offense. And, and you know, I haven't. I just don't understand. You have Miles Gaskins there, and, and they don't run the ball. Fuller's been banged up, obviously. Uh, we have been able to see uh, Waddle come of come of life as a rookie now in Miami. So that's something He's to pay attention really to. Really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if if Tua and Waddle's the answer, you know, that's something that we can look forward to for Atlanta. I agree. If they were home, I might look their way, but. I want to see them win a game on the road, on grass. And, you know, Ryan, here's the key. In the first two games, Ryan was just battered by opposing defenses. If Miami gets pressure on him, I think that that's enough for them to, to find a win here. And I don't think they're as bad as one in five. So I, I would lean that way as well. But it's just best to uh, to avoid games like that if, if you're smart, unless you know something that we don't. Yeah, that's Carol- a, you don't have to bet every game, basically. Yeah. Right. Right. Carolina will be in uh, New Jersey to play the Giants. Panthers sitting at a nice field goal favorite. Three and three against one and five. Giants banged up, considerably banged up. Shaq Barkley, no go tomorrow. And uh, here we go, your favorite quarterback, Sam Darnold. If you're a Sam Darnold guy, you live and die with Sam Darnold. He's, he's looked good in some games this year, and he's looked absolutely atrocious. No Christian McCaffrey either, so that that dream running back matchup you saw at the beginning of the year of Barkley versus McCaffrey is not happening. What do you like in this one? Panthers, I said, a field goal favorite. 
again, uh, this is probably a game I'm not going to touch and I'm not going to bet. Um, but we we're seeing the true colors of the Panthers, right? I mean, you see a team that started three and zero, started three and zero against obviously my New York Jets first game of the season. You know, I told everyone I knew that there's no way the Jets win that game. Sam Darnold was going to come out and make a statement. He had a decent game, two seventy nine touchdown, not too bad. But then they also beat a good team, right? I think New Orleans is a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. Yes. But then you come back and you beat Houston, which we know what Houston is and we know what they're not. They're not anything this season. They're not going to contend or fight for anything. So that 3-0 and record was a bit suspect away from that New Orleans game, right? Now, you said it. McCaffrey, McCaffrey gets hurt. His security blanket goes away, which was a big piece of that offense, especially bringing in Sam Darnold to help him continue develop, right? Because a lot of people think he didn't develop that well when he was with New York and Adam Gase, obviously. Adam Gates no longer there. I think they should have kept him there and give them a new opportunity with the new head coach there, Salah. But now he's with Carolina. It is what it is. But we've seen the next three games. You play a Dallas team, right? That was the, the, the game changer right there. That showed what Carolina was all about. Big loss there. You lose to Dallas. Then you lose to a Philadelphia team, which I believe has, what, one win? Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe two. They got two wins on the season so far. And then you lose to Minnesota. I'm sorry. Anyone that loses to Minnesota is going to be made fun of because Minnesota's not that great of a team. I don't think Captain Kirk is that great of a quarterback, even though I have people in my ear telling me, well, if you look at statistically, he's probably the, the MVP of the season if the season ended now. Well, the season don't end now, and the season's a lot longer now. So get ready and buckle up. But in this game, I cannot take the Giants. Too many injuries. I do not trust Daniel Jones. I would take Carolina in this game if we're doing it for the show. Um, I don't think the minus three is a problem. I think they can cover that even on the road. Again, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one, and I'll, I have three factors for you. The the Giants' secondary is basically a sieve. I think I think uh, Darnold should be able to exploit that. And if you look at the games you just mentioned, the Carolina schedule. So the Dallas game, they were just obliterated. And Dallas clearly a better team. Now the Eagle game. The game was won. They got a, a blocked punt that led to a touchdown late. And, and not only did the Eagles win the game, they covered as well uh, in just a matter of less than five minutes. Last week, uh, you know, a situation where they come all the way from behind to tie that game against Minnesota to lose in overtime. But that was drop city for, for Donald. It wasn't as bad that as his uh, stats looked. A lot of his players, they, I, I saw at least – five drop balls in the second half by his receivers and running back combination there. So I know Chark, the injury to Chark for the season hurts them, but Robbie Anderson needs to find himself his buddy from New York. I, I don't know what's up with him this year. And uh, Hubbard's been, been solid. He's not a McCaffrey replacement, but Chuba Hubbard has been solid running the ball. So I, I would take the Panthers, even though they're on the road, I'd take them here just because you said it. You can't trust what the Giants have because you just don't know how healthy <laughs> they are. Kenny Galladay, hurt, right? Not playing. Saquon, hurt. Right? Jones Daniel might as well Jones, be hurt. Yeah, might as well be hurt. <laughs> like, the Giants are – and not only that, I'm sorry. Their coach might as well be hurt because he has no idea what he's doing either. If no, I'm being I, 100% honest, yeah, he just looks lost at times. I agree. One in five, hopefully one in six. And, uh, you know, we used to we always used to joke about the Jets, Jose, but the Giants are worse, man. Oh, yeah. Right now, my, my Jets look like Super Bowl champs compared to the Giants. I'm sorry. I know we both have one win, but our, we just look a whole lot better at this point. 
think that'll take us to the hour one timeout. We come back, of course, game by game, rest of week seven in the NFL, leading to our free plays of the week. It's Tim, it's Jose, it's Ari, it's Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Here's a 1-0. And on the ground, Swanson, he's got it to his feet, throw the first, there it is! The Atlanta Braves are going to the World Series! Now back to Heatway Sports. heard the highlight courtesy of TBS, the Atlanta Braves headed to the World Series for the first time since 1999. They're going to take on the Houston Astros. Game one will be Tuesday night in Houston. No pitching matchup set yet as obviously Atlanta will have to reset their rotation and Houston banged up as well. So we'll see how that plays out here over the weekend. But Jose, I know we're supposed to be talking football, but I had to throw this in there real quickly. Your Dodgers go down to the Braves. A little revenge from last year for Atlanta fans. So so let's clear it up. I'm, I'm actually a Yankee fan, but I do support <laughs> and root for the Dodgers because I'm from L.A. But the, the one thing that I do have to say about this, and I'll say it real quick, MLB got screwed here. Let's be real. Aside from Braves fans and Astros fans, no one wanted to see these two teams in the World Series. Now, if you wanted to see Dodgers-Astros, 100%. Great storyline. But the, the ratings and the money and the story and everything behind it, this is not going to sell. Let's be honest, Tim. Coming off of pandemic season, you needed Dodgers-Astros. That's what you needed in the World Series. So the, the loser here is not the Dodgers. It's MLB, in my opinion. 100% agree with you. They are fur- furious <laughs> at the money that they've lost here for uh, primetime games, merchandising, everything you want to say. They, they are pissed. But me, I'm I'm ecstatic I, I am so happy because i'm not that guy you know that jose and no i got you definitely a, a friend of mine he said man how great would it be if the yankee this is at the beginning of the playoffs how great would it be if the yankees and the dodgers played in the world series i said you know what i would not watch one pitch if those were the two teams <laughs> that played he's like what are you talking about man you love sports how can you say that i go literally the my two worst nemesis right there and that was my nightmare heading into the playoffs was those two teams would meet for the title. So I'm on cloud nine right now, Jose. I'm going to enjoy this series, man. And not only that, man, you know what? The Braves deserve it. For them to do it, especially after Acuna goes down, I yeah. mean, think about that. That is uh, – that's huge. And honestly, again, I'm not a fan of that. Dodgers aren't my team. But I want the Braves to win this World Series. One, I can't stand the Astros. I don't want nothing to do with them. If the Astros won, the only person I'd be happy for would be Dusty Baker, and that's it. Nobody else. But I want the Braves to win it because I love Freddie Freeman, bro. I've, I have nothing but respect for Freddie Freeman. I love him as a player. I love him as an individual. If you know his story with COVID and everything he's been through and just his life in general, I love the guy. So if they win, he deserves it, in my opinion, more than anyone. Yeah, it'd be great to see him get one. It's crazy. When you come into, uh, you know, baseball is such a long season. At the beginning of the year, if you said the Braves and the Astros in the series, oh, man, that's great. You're going to get uh, Ronald Acuna is going to get a chance to be the man. You know, Mike Soroka, their number one pitcher in Atlanta, 20-game possible winner. 
they didn't make it. Jose, you know, injuries crippled them. Same with the Dodgers. Even if you said it was the Dodgers and the Astros, oh, Clayton Kershaw is going to get a chance to win another one. No. Justin Turner, no. These, you know, these guys didn't make it. The, the injuries got them. And how these teams crawled their way into there, it's it's something else. So, you know, hats off to both teams. We'll, we'll be tuned in Tuesday night for game one of the world. So you might be the only two, Jose, watching these, this series. Let's go but... Braves. I won't be watching, but let's go Braves. <laughs> <laughs> How about the, you know, we talked about your team before the break, so we'll start off our two week seven NFL preview with Jets Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick historically owns the New York Jets. I don't know what his record is, but it's ridiculous. And again, tomorrow they're at home, a seven point favorite. So already this year, Patriots have a win over your Jets. Pats have two wins, Jets have one win. What's the uh, Jose Volante meter say for tomorrow? So, look, if you know me, you know that I never bet on or off my team because I'm never going to get it right. It's hard if you're a better to do that because you're always going to be rooting for the wrong side. You know what I mean? You want your heart because you want your team to win, but then you want your money because you bet the opposite side. Now, I'm looking at this game, and if I'm a big money better. I look at what the biggest money games are being bet on the board. I am actually going to bet this game as crazy as it sounds. I think the Patriots are way overvalued. I think the number is way too high because they haven't really done anything to be merited a minus seven point favorite against the New York Jets team when you're playing an interdivision team, an interdivision rival. The Jets are one in four. I get that. You have one more win than them. But this number is way overinflated, in my opinion. 81% of the money is on the Patriots, 73% of the money line is on the Patriots. That I would go on the other side. So I'm actually going with my team on this. I don't know if they win this game, Tim, but if we're talking about betting, I think that they do cover the seven. I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. Zach Wilson has been a whole lot better than I've given him credit for. He's making some decisions that even when they don't pan out, he comes back and he looks like a different quarterback. It doesn't phase him. He needs to be a better leader, though. So hopefully we can see that this Sunday. I don't think they win again, but I think that seven is too high. So I do like the Jets in this game. So what's what's changed? Is it because the the team has gotten more comfortable? These two teams met in week two in New York or in New Jersey, and the Patriots rolled them right out of the off the field, twenty five to six. So again, it's a right around the same. I want to say they were less than a seven point favorite in that one. The so now they are a touchdown favorite. Yeah. So now they're a touchdown favorite at home. Do you think it's just the Jets have come together a little more, and that um, they're not as bad as they were in week two? Let's just say it that way. I, here's the thing. The Jets are a great second-half team if you follow them. Defensively, they're actually not that bad. I think they didn't give up their first um, touchdown receiving until like week four or five or whatever it was. So they have a whole lot better team than people give them credit for. And not only that, it's not the exact same team when you played in week two. You got to understand that. You get your growing pains out of the way as a rookie quarterback. You get your growing pains out of the way as a rookie head coach. So a lot of things have changed here. I still think New England wins this game. Like I said, I don't think that they lose. But I think that number is way too high because New England really hasn't done anything else, in my opinion, to merit to be that high of a favorite right now, especially with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. I myself probably stay off the game. I, I'm not, I just don't like either way. It's hard to lay points stay with a two-win team. You know? <laughs> How you lay a touchdown with a two-win team? Then again, how do you bet on a one-win team right now at this point? So exactly. we'll stay away from it. Let's go to Tennessee where it's an interesting matchup here. Kansas City 
heads to uh, Nashville to take on the Titans. Casey looked like maybe they uh, they got back on track last week in, in kind of beating up the Washington football team. And Tennessee, man, what an unbelievable come-from-behind win Monday night to beat the Buffalo Bills. So with that being said, Jose, is there a maybe an emotional overvalue here on Tennessee? The Chiefs are a four-point favorite on the road. What do you like? It's tough to take the Chiefs as a four-and-a-half, four favorite right now, let's be honest, because the Chiefs haven't looked like the Chiefs of old, right? They've looked like a completely different team this year. They're three-and-three. Patrick Mahomes is making some of these throws that a few years ago would have looked great on highlights, but now it looks like they're just backyard high school throws that he's just playing around and it's not working out. I mean, Tennessee's four and two. I know the record looks great. A lot of people just like to look at records, but you got to look at everything else. I think that it's a big overreaction if you're going to jump on Tennessee Mm -hmm. because of what they just did. They beat a Buffalo team that a lot of people thought Buffalo was going to go into that game and just come out and steamroll. I was one of them. I thought they were going to beat Tennessee. I thought Tennessee had no chance in that game, and I was wrong. You know, you got to take your wins and losses as you go, but Tennessee being at home is tough. I'm not going to touch this game. This is a game that I'm going to stay away. If anything, the one thing that I do like that I would touch would probably be the over in this game, 57.5, just because the Chiefs give up so much. The Chiefs defensively are not that great, let's be honest. They can give up a lot of points, and if this is going to be a shootout, which I can possibly see it happening, I'm just going to touch the over, Tim. I won't touch either side. Winning, if I have to give you a win, I'd go Kansas City to win outright. I like Kansas City as well. A lot of what you said is is true. I think Tennessee coming into this game, it's, it's, it's a problem with such an emotional win on Monday and it was a big win for him you know you you got to get that you got to get the, you got to beat the, the good teams when you can and you know I think that that was a huge win for him for Casey you know I'll bring, read the schedule to you so through six games they have Cleveland Baltimore the Chargers the Eagles the Bills and Washington not an easy schedule for Casey per se uh, the Baltimore game that should have been a win for him no doubt about that and I think when you look at Kansas City, what, what do you see is, is the problem here? Is it just defense start adjusting to that offense? Or was it just that, look, the schedule's tough and, and they came out of it 500? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, if I'm being honest. Um, because offensively, they haven't looked that bad. They haven't. It's just they're making certain mistakes. And what I mean by they is, is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's got, what, seven or eight interceptions already? And he only had six all year last year. So obviously he's making throws that maybe he needs to start rethinking. Maybe he needs to start watching some film and going, okay, last year, two years ago, maybe I could have gotten away with that. I, I can't now. And it, like you said, defenses are adjusting to that. And But there's also, if you look at it, there's been a couple games where there's been some drop passes or, 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 or tip balls from receivers that haven't been his fault. So, I mean – it's just a lot that goes into it. I don't think they're that bad of a team. I think they'll be all right when it's all said and done, when the season is over. But I think it's just a lot of people are catching up to them. You know what I mean? It's not the same old Kansas City Chiefs. They're seeing things that they've already seen before. What about on the Tennessee side? How how long can they ride Derrick Henry into the ground here? They can't. Ryan Tannehill has to live up to that contract. Like, let's be real. 
you didn't you did not produce that much in Miami because you had Adam Gase. You got the lucky opportunity when Marcus Mariota went down and you, and you did what you did to get them to the playoffs and you had a great run and you finally got your money and you got paid, but you need to do more. If you're Ryan Tannehill, you need to be more of an assertive leader. And I don't just mean vocally. I mean offensively with the ball, throwing the ball. You need to prove that you can be that guy. Because when you run up against a defense, if you make the playoffs, that can stop that run and they stop Mark, uh, 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 um, Henry and you and the play action is not working, you can't throw that ball, what are you going to do at that point? You're done. You're becoming a one-dimensional offense. And that's one thing that's not going to work. I'm a Jets fan. I hated it when we had the grounded pound back in the day and all they wanted to do was run the ball when we had Rex Ryan, but they wouldn't let Mark Sanchez throw the ball. I know Mark Sanchez isn't, you know, Brett Favre or Peyton or anybody like that or Brett or Tom Brady, but he had an arm. He could have thrown, and that's how it is here. You need to start throwing the ball if you want to be that guy because Henry is not going to take you to the promised land by himself. Derrick Henry so far, 783 yards, 10 touchdowns through six games the problem is he's, he's rushing between 27 and 30 times a game jose so he's on pace for a 17 game season almost 500 carries he's gonna be outworked but yep. even if you make the playoffs what is he gonna have left in the tank at that point which is what a we saw last runs year as hard as he runs like yeah that's what happened last year they got to the playoffs and they had nothing left against baltimore and they were out so could happen again this year could happen again this year, and you're right. Bad coach. You gotta, yeah, you can get his 2,000 yards. That's great. But what's it going to get you in the end? It's going to get him a contract, but it ain't going to get the team anything else. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. We'll head up to Lambeau as the Packers 5-1 and one take on the Washington football team, who was, like I just said, lambasted against Kansas City last week, and now they get the, the Packers. The Packers an ugly eight-point favorite here. Aaron Rodgers... Jose appears to be back on track after a, a rough start to the season. I like the Packers. Call me crazy. Call me overreaction. But I said it before the season started. I said that the Packers were going to win the Super Bowl. I said that Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to probably be the MVP again, which that might not happen. But I can see them winning the Super Bowl and him just sticking it to the Green Bay Packers and saying, hey, I can walk now. But I know that's far from here. And people are going to say, you're crazy. It's only six games in. But they're 5-1. and one. They're looking good. Aaron Rodgers is making a statement. Eight and a half points against the Washington football team, which I'm looking at maybe eight, like you say. That doesn't scare me. The, the, the number doesn't scare me at all. Chase Young has disappointed me with the Washington football team this year. I thought he was going to be a whole lot better this year than he was last year. I had him tagged as being the defensive player of the year this year. Obviously, that's not going to happen unless he makes a tremendous leap in the second half of the season, which I just don't see it. He's probably going to pick it up and get a lot better, but he hasn't been the guy that a lot of people expected him to be. Let's be honest. I think uh, what he took him four weeks, maybe to get his first sack. I believe it was like, that's crazy for a guy of his, uh, of his playing ability. I mean, he should be doing a lot more. I like Tyler Heineke, but obviously we know what he is. We know what he isn't right. Offensively, the guy can give you some games, some hype games. If this game was at home, maybe they had a chance. But I don't even see them covering this. I like Green Bay in this game. I think they cover as well, Tim. Last year, a huge advantage of Washington winning the division and going to the playoffs was the, the Ron Rivera defense. This year, you mentioned Chase Young struggles as a whole. They're dead last against the pass in the National Football League. 
and next to dead last overall. A lot of problems there, and it's you know it's easy to say, look, we got you guys got Gibson and you got uh, Terry Lawrence. You have tools there, Logan Thomas. You had tools that could get you points, but if you can't give, if you can't stop anybody, it doesn't matter what you're scoring. And if they can't stop Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, it's going to be a long day. And, and that's the thing, man. If you look at you just if you look at Washington's offense, look at the players that they have on paper. Right, they're solid. They don't have a bad offensive, just uh, just playmakers in general. They have a good offensive team, but they just can't figure it out. And I mean, again. Heineke is, is is nice and all, you know, cute little schemes you want to set up with him, whatever, but he's not the guy, man. You know, as much as I hate to say it, if a, if you had a healthy Fitzpatrick in there, I think we'd be seeing a whole different Washington football team this year on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, offense can't fix defense. Though. Let's tackle one of these double-digit spreads for this week. There's a few of them. How about how about this one in, in Los Angeles? Ooh, I was looking at it, yeah. The Rams, 5-1. and one. All systems go with Matt Stafford under center. 16.5-point favorite against our buddy, Chris Wynn, and his Detroit Lions, a ugly 0-6. and six. Granted, they should, probably should have a couple wins. We've seen how their season's gone. They're, they're, you know, we were joking about it in the press box Thursday night. They are the equivalent of the UNLV Rebel football team just on the professional scale. And who do you blame at this point? Do you blame Jared Goff? Do you blame Do you blame the coaching staff? Like, do you blame the players? Like, you're zero and six. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the coach come out this past weekend and basically just put Jared Goff on a platter and just mm-hmm. diced him up in front of the media? I, I can't even really blame like, Jared Goff so much, though, right? No, no, no. What were they expecting? I'm know? not exactly. I'm, I'm not. I'm not blaming the guy. I'm not saying he's the problem, but. You have a quarterback now that has to go out there and not only play against his former team, right? But he's got to go play against his former team in his former stadium, in his former yeah. home against his former fans. And you have what your coach just did to you. You know how embarrassing that is? I, like, I, I played football as a kid when I was younger. I played you know, middle school, high school, all that. And when you got embarrassed in that type of way, it sucked. When you got called out, it sucked. Jared Goff is supposed to be the leader of this team, but your head coach just basically said, you need to be better. We need to see more from you. So obviously this head coach is not seeing what everyone else is not doing better and needs to do better, right? If you want to point the finger, and and this is an interesting topic because when you look at Jared Goff, he's hitting 67% on the year uh, completion percentage. Uh, You know, it's not like he's just completely terrible. Yeah. He's been sacked 15 times, though. They need to do a better job protecting him. They can't run the ball worth a damn, whether it's Williams or Swift. So, obviously, there's offensive line problems, and that's with drafting Penny Sewell, who right now is a bust as far as I'm concerned. I I think at some point, and maybe I know Chris Wynn would probably agree with this, you got to point the finger at the ownership, right? After all these years, you bring in coaches, you bring in GMs, you bring in players, you let superstars retire because they don't want to play anymore, basically. It has to, at some point, be the ownership of that team. And you look at Ford Field, it looked like Allegiant Stadium when the Rebels were playing. You know that That's the sad thing is that fans don't care anymore. It has to be 100% on the ownership. And unfortunately, you can't change that. No, and see, when said it, he just texted us through. He texted me through. The, he goes, I blame the owners, period, full stop. So he agrees with you. He, he, he blames the owners 100%. 
And and think about this. You said it. Retired. They let two players. They let players retire. Not only players. You let two of the greatest of all time in their positions retire in possibly their prime. You let yeah. Barry Sanders walk away and say, "Deuces, I'm out. Thank you." When he probably had years left in the tank. And you also let Calvin Johnson walk. This guy was insanely possibly one of my favorite receivers of all time to watch. And this dude literally said, bye. Like, ownership is not doing what they have to do. I remember, what was the, guy, the GM that they had forever because he was great friends with the owner, uh, Matt Millen, or what was his name? Yeah, Matt Millen. That guy had no, I could have been a better GM than that guy, but they kept him around long. Like, that just shows you that, yes, I agree with you. I agree with Chris Wren. It goes down to ownership, man. They don't know what they're doing with this organization. He had, he had as much business running the team as uh, Mayock. Oops, Mayock does. Oh, Did man. I say that? No, don't get me started with oh, that guy. God. Let's do one more, and then we'll take, <laughs> take we'll take a time out here. My Baltimore Ravens at home, five and one division game against the surprising Cincinnati Bengals, four and two. Mm-hmm. And looking at updated line right now, you can get the Ravens over at the Superbook if you like. Uh, if you, you hold off the hook, you can get a minus six at home. Lamar Jackson been unbelievable this year. Jose putting up MVP like numbers. How about this game? Cincinnati surprise, Baltimore, uh, five and one, looking to increase their lead in the AFC North. So this is going to be a fun matchup to watch, man. You have obviously a young, healthy Joe Burrow. You have a guy in Jamar Chase with, which if you know me and you guys are listening to this show right now, and you told me I was crazy when I said this, the best decision that the Bengals ever did was draft Jamar Chase, and it's proven. I, I believe going into last week, Jamar Chase was either leading rookies or leading receivers in receiving yards and receptions going in, in, into that week. So it's just showing you that when you give Joe Burrow someone that he's confident in, that he's played with, that it's going to work, you can figure out the offensive line, the defense here or there. That's not a problem. But going into this game, Baltimore is scary, Tim. What they did to Sandy, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, Los Angeles last week. <laughs> the Chargers have been playing very well offensively. They've been a whole lot better on the defensive side of the ball, and they're not getting that much credit. And Baltimore completely just shut them down. I have Justin Herbert as my fantasy quarterback. He did not what we expected. That Charger team went in there with high hopes and came out with chins that were down to the ground. I like Baltimore. I like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is, in my opinion, probably top two, if not People call me crazy because they say I'm top two, maybe top three quarterback in the league. I think this number is right where it should be, six, six and a half, depending what you're looking to get. I think a lot of people are going to be high on the Bengals because they're becoming that crowd favorite, that regular over-the-counter casual better favorite. You can't be afraid of the number, even though it's a division game. I like Baltimore in here. I think they're going to humble Joey Burrow. I don't think it's going to be that crazy of a game for him. I, I like Baltimore in this in this game here, Tim. I'll take the minus six. I'll even take the six and a half if that happens. Yeah, Herbert screwed me in fantasy as well, Jose. No doubt about that. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. My own team did to me. But I'll take the win, and tomorrow I'll have the Lamar jersey on in front of my big screen, probably order some pizza, and we'll sit back and watch it. I hope you're right, man. I hope uh, we go to six and one on the year with a big win over Cincinnati. When we come back... There's a big game tomorrow afternoon over at Allegiant Stadium. We'll break down Eagles Raiders on the other side of the timeout. It's Heat Wave Sports here on a Saturday night. 
Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Hey, this is Ralphie May, and you're listening to Heatwave Sports on Fox Sports Radio. All right, damn it. You are literally too stupid to insult. Thank you. Don't be a d- Compliments coming left and right via the text messages. Ari, uh, people, people are very happy running the show tonight, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to pat you on the back or anything. Wow. It's other people, so there you go. Well, thank, thank you. Are you playing people. that fire? Yeah, yeah. Got an interesting situation happening tomorrow afternoon over at Legion Stadium, where your, and I use that term very, very strongly, very loosely. Las Vegas Raiders, 4-2. and two. Nice win last week against Denver after everything that had happened with the, the, the Gruden situation. Now they get the Eagles coming to town. A lackluster Philly team led by Jalen Ertz. And, you know, if the line kind of tells you anything, maybe Vegas in for a little bit of a battle tomorrow. Vegas only a field goal favorite against the Eagles. It's going to be an interesting game to watch, man. I like Jalen Hurts. I mean, I'm, I'm still a Jalen Hurts guy. But Philadelphia's got some people coming back, right? They got Jordan Mialata, I think that's how you say his name is. Um, he's back at left tackle. Second highest rated, you know, left tackle this season. You got Lane back at a right tackle. Um, t- the coaches are talking about giving Miles Sanders more carries to see if they do that. Obviously, that's going to be a big part of their offense if they could get that run game started. And not only that, the Raiders are attacking a very weak rush defense with the Eagles because they're missing safeties, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do. Are, are, are they going to use Darren Waller? Are they going to run the ball a lot? Um, I still like the Raiders in this spot. I honestly think that the Raiders are better off with without Gruden, as crazy as that sounds. A lot of people were writing them off when everything happened. And I had a lot of people in my ear, you know, oh, the Raiders season, it's over. They're done. That's it. I honestly think the Raiders are going to be a lot better moving forward. I think they had that one game uh, where they lost against the Bears because their minds wasn't in it with everything that was going on. And then they proved to you, you know, last week that they could come back, fix it, not a problem, and win. And the biggest thing, in my opinion, too, and we saw it last week, Tim, is Kenyon Drake. Are you going to continue to use Kenyon Drake offensively? He scored receiving. He scored rushing. If we see more of that, it's also going to alleviate some of that pressure from Jacobs. Remember, he's been injury prone. He's been injured this season. So if you can take a little bit away from him, it's going to let him play better as well. I think when, when Jacobs is in there, obviously they're, they're a different offense because he's, in my mind, he's a true number one running back. Kenyon Drake, you know, whether it was Arizona or, 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 or Miami, not not a number one guy, but a good, like you said, a good mix when you want to put him and Jacobs together. And even even when Barber was was around, they need to be able to to run the ball efficiently with more than one back, or at least have a threat out of the the backfield. And it makes Carr right; it makes it easier for Carr to have to deal with. I think when I look at the Raiders, though, and we talked about Henry being run into the ground, is Darren Waller that guy that, that maybe he's become too much of that that safety blanket? When you look at his targets. Uh, Waller's way over 50 targets so far through six games, you know, and defense is key in on that. And yeah, maybe they get burned by rugs here and there. And, Ren, you know, Renfro's not a speedster. He's, he's your good reception, uh, move the ball receiver. 
so when you're guy, de- yeah. right, you're dealing with with whether Edwards and Ruggs can beat the defense because they've doubled down on Waller. You you know you're gonna have problems late in the season. Yeah, they got to figure out who else they're gonna throw the ball to. I mean, Henry, Henry Ruggs is having a solid season. You know, four forty four receiving, but we obviously know about him too. He has a lot of the deep balls, right? Kids yeah. averaging twenty two yards per reception, which just shows you that. Yes, he can catch the deep ball, but he's not that constant guy. He's only got 20 receptions on the season, not even leading the team in receptions. Like you said, Darren Waller's been the workhorse. 33 receptions, 53 targets. They got to get more production from everyone else. You know who you have there. You know the type of receiving core that you do have that you can use. They, honestly, the guy that I think they need to start using more is Edwards. I think Brian Edwards needs to get the ball a whole lot more. They need to start targeting this kid. They need to start using his size to his advantage man they're not using what he has and honestly i think they're wasting away in what they could use with him hurts the key for philadelphia as we've seen in come from behind wins and leading his team at least uh, keeping him in the game here he's the leading rusher on the eagles you said it what's the deal let's let's give sanders the ball and make it a double double-headed threat there out of the backfield with hurts and Sanders. almost go a lamar jackson route in that there's not necessarily a true defined number one running back in, in Baltimore, whether it's Latavius Murray or Devonta Freeman or Tyson Williams. You know, it doesn't matter who's back there in that it creates some type of a diversion for Lamar Jackson. And I think Philadelphia should use that same exact game plan because you have a guy like Hurts. The problem is you just have Sanders. They don't have anybody else after that. And Sanders hasn't, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think they've used him effectively enough. Can, and again, in receiving wise, they're young at the receiving position, so a lot of problems there for Philadelphia. But maybe as the season progresses, we can see them kind of build into that because I think Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins, you know, those those are two young studs. They're waiting to happen. And then again, this also, this ties back to what I said about Lamar Jackson. Jaden Hurts is a quarterback that can run, but as a coach, you're letting him run way too much. He's completed 62% of his passes this year. He's been decent. He's not a bad throwing quarterback. We know he can throw the ball. He should not be leading your team in in, in rushing whatsoever at all right now. I understand you don't have a number one guy, but you have enough there to mix it in. Miles Sanders is only 30 yards behind him, so it's not like he's actually killing it and he's like the main, main guy. You know what I mean? You have a guy that's right behind him. But they're young, Tim. Your, Your leading receiver is still a rookie. Your, your, your quarterback and your leading rusher is only, what, in his second year? You know what I mean? It, this is a young Philadelphia team that still has a lot of growing to do, and I still think they're also trying to figure it out with the coaching, man. I don't think the coach has figured out how to use this team either. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think anytime you get to see Jalen Hurts, I mean, you've seen it this season, even when they lose, they, they give you exciting games. So I just think it's going to be an exciting game to watch, but I think the Raiders cover this three-point spread. Yeah, I like I like I like the Raiders tomorrow. I think they win the game and cover, but I think it could be it could be a fun one to watch. I, I'd like to see something like thirty four twenty eight, you know, something in that range. Get get a lot of points up there. It'd be exciting to if you're in in uh, in Allegiant Stadium to check that out and get some stats up there. So what we kind of need to see from the Raiders again is to continue on the momentum. Let's put some points up there. And can we can, can we start, please, one thing that I want to say for people that keep doubting Derek Carr. Can we please give Derek Carr some credit? The guy's basically 50, what, 54 yards away from 2,000 yards already. He's averaging 329 yards a game, completing 64% of his passes. 
can we please get off the Derek Carr is not the guy bandwagon? Because I'm still hearing I'm still hearing people calling me and texting me talking about Marcus Mariota. Stop it. Just stop it already, please. Well, you got to blame somebody, Jose. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> you oh, can't blame man. Gruden now. Man, so. not, that guy's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Blame Mike Mayock. He's next, right? He's next, man. <laughs> He's the next one out. Tampa, the defending world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 5-1. and one. Just uh, running over teams this year again as they entertain the Chicago Bears tomorrow at home. The Bears 3-3. Three and three. And here's double-digit number two. The Bucks, Jose, 12 points. You get an ugly 12 there as they entertain Chicago and Josh Fields. Brady just, man, it doesn't even, if you love him, if you hate him, it doesn't even matter. He's just... He puts up statistics, and it's a double-digit game, though. It's an ugly number, but can they get it done? I think Tampa wins the game. I don't know about the cover. That's a that's a huge line, especially when you have a Tampa Bay team defensively that has not looked like a Tampa Bay team that we saw last year on defense, right, Tim? It's been a completely different team defensively. They've had a lot of injuries. Brady's still Brady, though. I mean, over 2,000 yards, the guy's throwing the ball. Antonio Brown is out, which I think that's a huge key here. Because he's been their second leading receiver. He's having, he, he's a couple yards and re, uh, one reception, two receptions for being the leading receiver, but he's having a complete resurrected season this year. And he's been their top target. Tom Brady loves throwing the ball to him, and it's worked out a lot. So I think that can be a big factor in the line here. I still see Tampa Bay winning. I like Justin Fields. I'm glad that he finally got the opportunity to be a quarterback there and be the starter. Matt Nagy. Probably won't be here past the season anyways. He's just trying to save his job. But I like Tampa in this situation to win the game. I just – that is a line that's a bit too high for me. I I, I don't think they'll be able to fully contain and stop um, uh, Justin Fields. I think he'll be able to do a little bit of something, but I don't see the Bears winning this game. The Bears have a lot of problems. You know, Montgomery out, so you're going with Herbert. I think Damian Williams banged up as well. Even though Herbert performed well last year, the, the – uh, excuse me, last week, the sample size isn't necessarily there. And receiving-wise, like Allen Robinson got paid and then just disappeared. Mooney's become the number one there. And they don't have much after that. That's the problem with Fields is, will Fields be a good NFL quarterback? I think he'll be okay, but it's not going to happen this year. There's just not enough weapons for him. Yeah, and not only that, their offensive line is garbage. Like, let's be real, their offensive line is trash. The only reason that he's able to move around is because he has that type of escapability, you know, uh, but he shouldn't have to be moving around that much for a young quarterback. They should be able to protect him a lot more. And I just don't see that offensive line being able to hold up for the rest of the season. How do you think if the season ended and, and, you know, we're talking about all injuries currently that are happening are happening, but as we can't predict necessarily two months down the line, three months down the line, but is this Tampa team better than last year's Tampa team? I think they are because Tom Brady has a whole nother year, right, that he's already played. He had a regular training camp now. He's got more time with Bruce Arians. He's got more time, which I believe Tampa Bay pretty much brought back almost everyone on offense. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so it's not like he has to adapt to a whole nother team all over again. And, I mean, I, I freaking hate the guy because he killed me all the time when he was with, 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 with the Patriots. But this guy is basically showing you what longevity is in this league, right? Like, he is just unbelievable. Yeah, I think 
when you look at professional sports and with the salary cap and contracts and money to be able to bring back basically the whole team kind of says like everybody's on board to let's run it back one more time right you know you always talk about the lakers and running it back and that's exactly what they did in the offseason was like look we have something here and i understand if you need to get paid then you need to go and get paid but if we can do this again let's do it again and they basically brought back jose 95 percent of the team that's crazy in today's Same. world they all that's buy insane. into it they all buy into it I, I don't blame them look at them they're five and one bro everybody buys into tom brady period and it, let's let's be real tom brady is the reason why everybody is there they, 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 i i love bruce arians but they're not playing for Bruce Arians. They're playing right. for Tom Brady. Let's be real. Right. All right, let's take our final timeout. On the other side of it, we'll get through the last three games of week number seven in the NFL and get you our free plays so you can take those to the window and print some cash for yourself, courtesy of Heatwave Sports. It's Jose Volonte, Tim Unglesby, Ari Platinum, back after this. Now back to Heatwave Sports. Final segment here on a Saturday night. Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate you, as always, listening in to the show every weekend at 10 o'clock. And now here's the, comes the part where I tell you what days we're not going to be on. So <laughs> tomorrow we get bumped by that VGK team. That game will be going on against the Islanders over at T-Mobile. So no show tomorrow night. And then next weekend, we're off for the holiday. I got to do the dad thing and, and take the uh, daughter trick-or-treating on Sunday. You, you do the same, Jose. And you know, Saturday is a busy night as well for us here in our real lives where we have real jobs, I guess you could put it. Yeah. Not this fun <laughs> radio stuff. So we're busy. You're going to be busy, my man. So we'll be back on November the 6th, I believe. Okay, okay. So just a li- little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. I mean, you know, next Sunday you're going to be taking Little Man out, right? So. Oh, yeah. I got – I'll have uh, actually all four of them. So I'll have the 17-year-old, the 16-year-old, the 12-year-old, and the 5-year-old. So they're all going out. <laughs> It'll be a fun weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Halloween's always good. Even as an adult, man, you, you have to find a way to enjoy it. Agreed. Agreed. Got three games left to get through week seven. The undefeated. Arizona Phoenix Cardinals six and zero, land based to Cleveland last week in a game a lot of people thought Cleveland was going to win that one. They're they're defying the odds right now, Jose. The Cardinals six and zero, and here's our third double digit game, the biggest of the week, eighteen point favorite against the Houston Texans at one and five. Can they cover the eighteen, man? You know what? I I like Arizona in this game. I like Kyler Murray. He's having a great season, MVP possible candidate. But you know what? Don't be surprised if I forgot his first name, but Mills, the quarterback from yeah. the Texans. Davis he's Mills. actually he, Davis Mills. He's been serviceable. If we're be, if we're being honest, the guy's been very serviceable this season. He's had a couple games in there where he's you know thrown the ball fairly well, fairly decent. I I, I don't like eighteen. I think this is way way high of a number. I, I still think, you know, Arizona could probably win by two touchdowns, but I just think 18 is way too much because I think even if they're up, let's say 21, right, and they pull Kyler, I can see a backdoor cover by the Houston Texans here. Uh, just a garbage touchdown or something late that's going to help them cover the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can see that possibly happening here. But the Arizona Cardinals are just they're, – they're awesome to watch this season, man, offensively and defensively. 
Yeah, you're you're up thirty four. If the if the final score is thirty four seventeen, and you're looking at it, you're like, wow, they blew them out, but they didn't cover the number. You know, that's exactly. that's the crazy thing. But you're right; they're they're fun to watch. Murray's the next. I look at the S the uh, S. When you look at the quarterbacks that have come through, he's like that next guy, right? We saw we saw Mahomes, we saw Allen, we saw Jamar Jackson. Well, Kyler's the next guy, so <clears throat> it's fun to watch, and he's got weapons galore there. I mean, they. They're not, it's going to be hard to go uh, tit for tat with them when you're talking about scoring. They can they can put them on the board. That's for sure. So you got DeAndre Hopkins. You got a guy in AJ Green that was a number one guy his whole career in Cincinnati. You got a guy in Kirk, which is amazing. We know his talent. We know what he can do. I mean, this team is balling out. And Ky- dude, Kyler Murray's completing seventy four percent of his passes. That's insane, Tim. Like that's just insane, and it's. It's fun to watch, man. I like Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he gets as much credit as he should. The guy's so young, but he's doing so much with his team. And they're just they're so fun to watch, man. They're so fun to watch. Night game. We had we you know, we've had the privilege of having a lot of good primetime games. I don't know what this one's got in store for us, but the NBC Sunday night will be the Colts and the Niners in Frisco. Two and four versus two and three. Barnberg. And San Francisco is a four point favorite. Uh, honestly, I like I like I like Indianapolis in this game. I don't trust the 49ers right now. I just don't. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. One, he's injured, but just as a quarterback, I don't trust him. Let's be honest. I just don't. I'm not saying I trust uh, Trey Lance either. The kid's a rookie. I think that was a reach when it comes to them drafting him. But again, I'm not I'm not a draft guy, so everybody has their own opinion there. But I think four is a high number when you have a two and three against a two and four team. Both teams are fairly average. They're pretty much even, in my opinion. Even if you look at the betting number, 49, 51%, pretty much 50, 50 there. I like the Colts in this game. I think they go on the road. I like Raheem Himes for the Colts. I think they need to use him a little more. He's not used as much as they should. Pittman Jr. needs to step up a lot more and be consistent week in and week out and not just have one good game, two good games, and then disappear as he has been doing. The reason I know that is because I have him in fantasy. So the guy <laughs> needs to start stepping up a lot more. But I do like the Colts in this situation, even though it's on the road. The Niners haven't done enough this season to convince me that they can cover even a four-point spread, whether it's on the road or at home. I like Indianapolis. I like the way they're playing. I think they can get this win on the road. I think you and I are on the same page on a lot of games. I like the Colts, too. I th- Wentz has stepped up here in the last three games, I think. Or so you said it. He's got weapons. Taylor stepped up. And on the other side, Kittle's banged up. Whatever running back you want to throw out there, he's banged up. Garoppolo's banged up. Lance is banged up. A lot of problems there. I like the Colts, too. And maybe a little money line there to win straight out. Just a little sprinkle. Yeah, just a little bit. No chasing, though. No chasing. Takes us to Monday night. This will be in Seattle. Saints, Seahawks. How about Jameis Winston, Jose? The guy we love to hate. So far this year, 60% passing efficiency, 892 yards, 12 touchdowns, and only three interceptions, man. That's that's not the Jameis we're used to seeing. And yet he's going to head to Seattle where they have a – that crowd there is, is ridiculous. And the Seahawks at home, a four-point underdog. And here's the thing, Tim. Look at this. He's only attempted 116 passes this season. That's it. When we're talking about Jameis Winston. So what happens? You have a coach that understands your quarterback struggles, even though you haven't had him as your starter. 
you have a coach that knows how to watch film and look at the past and go, okay, this is what we're going to change. We're going to give you a little bit less of a workload than you need. We're going to move the ball around. We're going to bring in Taysom Hill and do a couple things here and there. And it's working. I was a big, big person against Jameis Winston saying the guy doesn't deserve to be a, a starting quarterback. We've already proven he's not good, yada, yada, yada. Your best receiver and Michael Thomas has been out all season. And Jameis Winston has still been the serviceable guy that a lot of people did not think he was going to be. I like New Orleans in this game. Seattle, obviously, we know what they have and what they don't have. Um, uh, Russell Wilson is out. I do not trust nor like nor care about Geno Smith. Me being a Jets fan, you already know that. I still don't know why they haven't picked up the phone and made a phone call and, and signed Cam Newton, in my opinion. Let's be real. I think Cam Newton would come in here and do a whole lot better job than Geno Smith can. But a lot of people say, oh, Seattle's at home, home field, the 12th man, this and that. None of that matters this year. I like New Orleans. I like the way they're playing. Not only that, they have, in my opinion, one of the most best defenses in the league that's not being talked about as much as it should. Tim. I'm going to watch it and not have any financial uh, tie to it at all. So we'll just uh, let it play out at end week seven. But that takes us to the best part of the show, as some people say, the, the free pick segment. Jose, you can give us any game on the board. It can be a total. It can be a, a money line. It can be a point spread. Whatever you feel is your free play lock of the week. Uh, give me the over in the Cincinnati-Baltimore Ravens game. I'm looking at 46 right now currently. Okay. Jose loves 46 over Baltimore-Cincinnati. I like that one, too. I think we're going to get some points there in Charm City tomorrow morning. So the teaser, the Timmy teaser is five and one this year, and okay. it's only it should be undefeated. I'm, I'm I'm mad at myself. It should be undefeated. I changed one of my teams late, and of course that change caused me to lose the teaser. So no more doing that. No more second guessing. So this week we're gonna go seven point teaser. I like Green Bay. We'll take it from okay. eight to take to one. Green Bay minus one, and we just talked about them. I'm gonna take the Colts, Jose plus eleven off of plus four. So Colts plus 11, Packers minus one. That's your Timmy teaser. That's a winner right there. I'm, I'm betting it right now, man. Okay. I love it. I like it. I think that's a winner. Let everybody know about Straight Bet Sports, where it's at, where we can find you on social media. You do a great job over there. And I, I, I love watching you every Wednesday night, man. Got to get you on the show, but I appreciate you, Tim, once again. You can catch Straight Bet Sports live every single Wednesday night on Gorilla Cross Radio, GorillaCross.com, on all social media platforms, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. On Gorilla Cross, we go live there. And then you can find all my content on all Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. And even YouTube, just look up Straight Bet Sports and you'll find it there. Greatly appreciate you, Tim, again, for letting me do that and give the shout out. And again, man, I'm calling you out. You got to have you on the show soon, my man. We're going to get me and Tommy on at the same time. How about that? We can do that, right? There we go. Let's make it happen. You and Tommy at the same time make it even what? better conversation. I got the, the Chris Wynn lock. Here we go as we, uh -oh. we head what on out What is it? Here. Let's see. He Chris Wynn lock. Up. Rams minus the points against the Lions. There we go. Man. There we go. <laughs> see Wynn special. All right, Jose. Appreciate you. As always, love you, man. We'll talk to you again. Same here, brother. Good night. For Jose V, Straight Bet Sports, over on Gorilla Cross Radio. For Ari Platinum, always a pleasure to have him behind the the board there, helping us out. Tim Unglesby, we're back. First week of November. Enjoy 
tomorrow night, the Knights and the Islanders. Enjoy your Halloween weekend. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks' time. It's Heat Wave Sports. It's only on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Have a good night.